Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. I'm Conor Falk. I've spent all my life talking about motoring, about cars, and more often about the people sitting in them. I've met some amazing people, some who are total car fanatics, and some who think the damn things should never have been invented. Love them or hate them, most people have car stories. I'm on the radio a fair bit, or at least I was, but I'm nearly always there as the guy who gives his view on the transport debate. I'm there as an expert, I'm supposed to say my bit and be done, no doubt as one half of an argument with a cyclist. I have a series of rows with varying degrees of friendliness, a quick chat or a spat, and we're gone. But I prefer to listen. So we're going to do a podcast. I'd like to meet some interesting people, some friends you'll know and some you may not, and I'd like to ask them a bit about their motoring life. And you never know, maybe we can get under the hood and come to know them a little better. And because I'm no good at these things, I'll have a little help from Conor O'Hagan in production. Thanks, Conor. He's going to keep my levels on the level, so to speak. I suppose we should give it a name, so we'll go with Driving Life. It may wind up being more about life than driving, but I guess we'll find that out on the journey. And the first guest on that journey is someone I'm sure you'll know. Radio star, journalist, international rugby coach, bit crotchety around the edges, he says himself, but he's one of life's gentlemen and a great character. Let's go and meet George Hook. George, you're very good to talk to me about uh, cars and your and your backstory therein. How are you keeping? How are you? Well, I'm now uh, 80 and um, I was 80 in May and uh, I'm discovering that uh, I can remember things. And it, to be, and I'm serious. Yeah. I am very scared. I, I mean, I've no problem with like COVID or cancer or anything killing me. <laughs> I have an absolute fear of losing my mind. Yeah. So I kind of do these tests every day on myself. Really? Like, yeah. yeah. To kind of remember things. And yeah. then I'm happy to remember uh, that I can. Because the interesting thing is, and I mean, mm. anybody, of, you know, listening of a certain age will know this. I can give you all 12 starters in the 1956 yeah. Olympics at Melbourne, won by Ronnie Delaney yeah. in 341.2, but I cannot tell you who won the 1500 metres in the last Olympics. Yeah, yeah. So the old memory's fine. I'm not worried about it, but I'm worried about last week, you know? Yeah, and doing those sort of cognitive exercises and that is, it, it is really good, isn't it? It keeps you sharp. I mean, the advice always is to stay sharp and stay busy. Um, but but doing those exercises, do you do do those to keep yourself healthy or just to stop well, yourself being I, I tell you the key thing, and I'm now passing on the uh, greatest medical secret of the age. Yeah. Right? If you want to stay young, work with young people, uh, and that's... here we are in a podcast, mm -hmm. right? 
and at my old school, Presentation College, Cork, yeah. and the girls of Skullvera in Cork, mm. I drive to Cork every single week yeah. and I teach them to podcast. Fantastic. And I tell you, working with 16-year-old transition year boys and girls keeps you young. I can imagine it does. <laughs> I, I was going to say you're fit and vigorous. And if you take the compliment, you're, you're a vigorous guy still, you yeah. know, okay. mentally and physically. Are we going to talk I, motor cars? We're going to talk motor cars. Are we just going to chit, idle chit chat? Well, by now, half your listeners have turned off and said, why are these old two fogies chatting? Yeah. And you t you told me that if we started chatting, we'd never get any work done. Yeah. Um, and when, when I rang you the other day, you were on the road to Cork. So obviously you're still driving and you're driving now if you if you've 80 on the clock how, when did what age were you when you started driving well this is interesting mm. i think for, for somebody listening see i was born poor we were a poor mm. family in cork mm. two up two down outside toilet no running water yeah. tap in the yard so we didn't have a car yeah my parents never had a car at any stage in their lives right, had a yeah. car. um and then uh I, I, we, my mother couldn't get me to university. She couldn't afford that. Mm. So I, I worked. And then I came back at 21 and went to college as a mature student. Yeah. So now I still haven't got a car. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So now finally uh, I get, I, I can finish uh, studies. And at 24, I buy my first car. Very good. Right. Because I got a job yeah. with, with, um, Were you a travelling salesman? Well, we come to the salesman in a minute because my job is with a company called Burroughs Machines. Subsequently, it became Unisys and all that sort of stuff. And we're talking embryonic computers, machines that are added and subtracted. Right. But lo and behold, they've got an electronic version. So now they want me to sell a thing that multiplies and divides. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Anyway, here's the point. I've now got a, a job as a salesman but I have to buy a car. Yeah. And uh, I buy uh, a Mini. Very good. Brand new. Brand new. Green. KZH728. Uh, 500 uh, pounds, which would be about what? 550, 600 euro, including... Two and a half percent turnover tax, yeah. which was the forerunner of that. Yeah. And if anybody had told us that the two and a half percent was going to become 23 yeah. percent, there would have been a riot. So anyway, here I am zipping around in the mini, but I can't drive. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've got lessons from my father in a borrowed car because he didn't have a car. Hmm. So, uh, I, but I can just about drive. And dating this now, was there a driving test at the oh, time? Oh, God, no. no. Listen, I'm glad you asked that question. This is now late 64, early 65. Yeah. Okay. So now you go down to the driving license department hmm. and they ask you, are you deaf, dumb, or blind? <laughs> and you say, no, no, no. Well, there you go, my lord. Now, the driving license is a paper driving mm. license, right? So there's no picture or anything like that, right? More about this than on. Yeah. But 
it enables me to drive everything. So I can drive A, B, C, D, E, F, G. The only thing I cannot like drive is a bus yeah. or a taxi, but I can drive anything. So says the law. But in the meantime, you still can't drive the Mini. <laughs> well, barely, right? <laughs> now, they, the boroughs, I'm, at the end of six months, you went over and you to a kind of training course in London, mm. right? And they discovered that I was pretty good, not surprisingly, at talking yes. and sort of demonstrating. And they had this plan. They had this new... It was a computer. I mean, in a sense, it was electronic and all sort of good stuff. But imagine... It was on 18 months delivery. So you bought it today, the company bought it, but didn't get it for 18 months. And also there was only one in the entire United Kingdom, right? So, because they're only yeah. being built. So they put it in a 22 foot long caravan sort of, yeah, right? Yeah. And they get G-Hook <laughs> to take it around the United Kingdom, demonstrating it, a, to would-be buyers, yeah. or indeed, more importantly, people who bought it, yeah. unseen, right? Yeah. G-Hook can barely drive, and he's now in a Land Rover towing, towing a 22-foot-long yoke. Around the roads of England, which was a more serious proposition than Irish of roads. Of the United time. Kingdom. Yeah, all around. Right. Yeah, and we are only beginning to see now the beginnings of the British motorway system, yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, it's not crisscrossing the entire uh, country. But I'm going, I go as far north as Inverness. You're not going to get much further north than no, that. Right, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a lorry driver. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And uh, like I'm afforded all the courtesies of other lorry drivers. So yeah. when you got, not that I pass too many people out, yeah. but if you would pass them out, like you wouldn't know when you'd gone fully past them. So that guy would flash his lights yeah. to show me that I'd now gone past yeah. and could pull over. So I learned all the things. This is, but I can't really drive. Yeah. Now, the other thing, this is interesting. Yeah. You can't go in this thing. You can't go from second to third to fourth, mm. right? There's a thing I learned called synchro mesh. Synchro mesh. <laughs> so yeah. what I have to do is I have to double declutch. What is double declutch, you may ask, <laughs> right? So in short terms, you went from second, clutch in, second to neutral, clutch out, clutch in again, two to three. So you yeah. Two clutch movements. That sounds pretty simple. But when you're on the highway mm -hmm. and all this, right? So I get good at double the clutch. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you're a real road warrior now. Oh, you can use yeah. the machine. And yeah. But have you ever tried to reverse an articulated oh, vehicle? I, 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 try, I tried to reverse a short trailer a couple of times and it is the most embarrassing thing. I think I can drive a car, but it's like patting your head and rubbing your tummy at the same Correct. time. Correct. Because hopeless. in simple terms, again, it sounds simple, in order to reverse left, you turn the wheel right. Yeah. And in order to reverse right, you turn the wheel left. So it's the opposite of what you would normally do. Yeah. But but you are a fact, like you have two vehicles here. Mm. But I become super at this. Uh, I can pop this thing, and, you know, and all that, right? But the, can you imagine the early days, yeah. right? I had to go from Sheffield mm. to Newcastle upon Tyne. 
It's about 130 miles, right? So it's about four hours. And then, and then the back end starts to take over, right? <laughs> so I am now slightly out of control. And I go into the second lane. And I go into the third lane. And then I go back into the second lane. And then I go back into the first lane again. I'm moving across the highway, right? So the Bowser behind me has a look at this and says, I don't think I'll pass it, right? Yeah. So now, what happens next? I jackknife, right? So the, 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 the back and the front jackknife, yeah. like a... Like okay, a, a, like a yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Lucky for me, it's the A1M because it's a grass verge. Mm. I go across all three lanes northward, <laughs> backwards, because I've jackknifed across the grass verge and across all three lanes southbound <laughs> without hitting anything. I finished up jackknifed on the far side of the motorway. What do you think the odds are? Uh, you were absolutely blessed. You were absolutely blessed. What, you dodged six bullets at least crossing the carriage. Unbelievable. Well, you know, there's tech standards on those. But back in the era you're talking about, um, you know, they were very rough and ready machines oh, yeah. compared oh. to the, the standards that apply now. I mean, you could give out about things, health and safety. But it was around about that time, George, that the Brits got their act together on road safety and they were world leaders. They were miles ahead of us for an awful long time. We got better laterally as well, built Irish motorways as well. And you, you in more comfort on Irish motorways now, I would presume, than oh, you did back then. Yeah, the but, but it, like, the thing was, that remember I didn't do a test, yeah. right? So really, even now at 80, like, I, I, I don't think I'd be too expert on kind of what the rules of the road are. Do you, know? you, you always took them as kind of guidelines rather yeah. than rules, George, didn't and, you? Yeah, and, and the, the, you know, there are good doctors mm. and bad doctors. There are good solicitors and bad solicitors. Yeah. There are also good drivers and bad drivers. Do you know the dangerous one is the bad driver who thinks he's good? No, I'm a bad driver who thinks he's bad. Yeah, well, that's actually a better. That's actually do you a think? Yeah, I do, I do. And did you, you, th you raised three kids. Did you teach them how to drive? Oh, no. Oh, God, no, 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 no. Uh, and like, I, I learned early on that motor cars and me weren't really compatible. Like, I, I have a car in the driveway now, mm. right? And I think I've got it about two years. Yeah. I've never opened the bonnet. So I don't know how to open the bonnet yeah. after two years. The only thing I know about a motor car is to where to put the petrol in or yeah. diesel. Yeah. But I know nothing else. And I have no other interest. And you shouldn't you shouldn't need to know anything else. I mean, they're yeah. boxes for getting you around, aren't they? Well, yeah, because like fellas, you know the way a fella says to you, well, I've got this new Mercedes 404, 2.8cc, synchro mesh and yeah. carburetor. And, and I don't know what he's talking about. I have always been quite friendly with fellas who owned garages yeah. in my life. Right? Yeah. So I would come along and I would say, uh, in a book, for instance, at Kenilworth Motors, that was, uh, what am I supposed to drive now? And he'd say, this car. And I, then I would buy that car without sitting in it. Yeah. Well, there you go, George. I mean, it, 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 people put too much thought into it sometimes. You just... I just buy the car. No, admittedly, people listening, I said, well, he could afford to do it. True. 
Yeah. Um, I, but but cars never excited me. You yeah. know, ever. Yeah. So what? So what does excite you? I mean, you 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 still use the roads all the time. You're up and down to Cork every week, and you're. Yeah, like I have a pass which gets me free on the bus and free on the train, mm. right? And and uh, I'm sure. Uh, Eamon Ryan, the Minister for Climate Change, would be unhappy, but I've never been on a bus or a train. Well, he, Eamon Ryan would let you use a bicycle for free as well, George. You know, now, bicycles? You'd be a while getting down to court. Bicycles. <laughs> like, bicycles are a plague on the earth. You think? Yes. <laughs> you got a lot of people who disagree with you there. But, 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 but uh, uh, hold on. People don't turn around and say, there's Hook, anti-bicycle, right? Do you know how old I was when I first was on the bicycle? Well, I can't imagine. You were, 20, what, 24 when you got your first car, right? The bike had to come before then. I was about 18 months. Yeah, yeah. My parents were tandem riders. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And my mother couldn't ride a bike. Never could ride a bike. She just pedal on the tandem. But she could sit behind my father on the tandem, right? And they cycled all over Ireland. That's fantastic. And then young Hook arrives, right? Yeah, the little rebel. Yes. So they get a sidecar. And I have this wonderful picture of the tandem and the sidecar. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm strapped in, so I'm kind of standing in the sidecar. But I'm a baby to all intents and purposes. And I'm zipping around Ireland on the tandem. So I'm a bicycle person in the past. But I have a problem with people, like only two days ago, Mm. I'm coming home. It's pitch black. Yeah. Right? What's in front of me? A fella dressed like Batman in total black, mm. no light, no nothing. How am I supposed to see him? Yeah, and, 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 and you know, why are you the one who has to be a responsible road user and he can do anything as cavalier as he likes? Uh, I, I, mean, I suspect one of the things that annoys you is, the, is, is, is not so much the bicycles themselves, but the preachiness that can come out of people who... Uh, you know, are, are on their bikes. And well, if you're talking about preaching, you're talking about Eamon Ryan, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am. Like, uh, oh, the other fella, the other fella who's on my hit list, <laughs> you know, is the fan, the Dublin City Council fella. Owen Keegan. Owen Keegan. Now, there is a dangerous guy. <laughs> he he wants to, the, the, the Sandy Man, he wants to turn it into one way. Mm. And then he appears to have adherence in Dunleary Rat Down Gang. Yeah. Well, he was, at, he was there for a while, he of was, course. Yeah. And now they're going to have a, 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 a huge cycle thing in Dean's Grange. Mm. And, um, like, I just don't get it. I mean, I'm all in favour. I can hardly yeah. ride a bike at 80. Like, would I like my grandchildren to be able to cycle to school safely and all? Yeah. Of course Yeah, we all would. But we? they have a responsibility too. Hmm? So when I'm driving here to meet you, now in front of me, I have an added worry. I now have all the scooters to worry about. Yeah. Would they? I tell you, you think bikes are bad, wait till the scooters get going, so to speak. We're going to have them in huge numbers. And um, yeah, I see plenty of reason for you to be grumpy with them in the future, George. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how long a future I have, of course, is a moot point. You were very impactful on Irish radio, George, and uh, I loved people loved listening to you. And you had this sort of persona that was crotchety. Um, and, and in all honesty, you've never been like that yourself in person. There's a bit of uh, um, of George the character uh, in your radio stuff, would you say? Or No, I think I am crotchety. I actually think <laughs> I am, you know. But, but the other thing, 
the, the, the next car experience. I mean, it's one thing having a car no different from anybody else. Mm. I mean, I can give you the list of cars in order of arrival. I mean, the most wonderful car What's I ever favourite? Oh, yes. Yeah. An Audi 100 GLS. Now, I'm going way back I here, right? I year of that, yeah, yeah. Fine car. Oh, gorgeous, right? I adored it, right? It's kind of quite sporty, mm. but quite domestic, you know, because yeah, yeah. I have kids and all that stuff. Now, where I live is on a hill, right? And I parked the car on the road, mm. right? I've been in the same house for 50 odd years. Right. And, and there wasn't really, there, and then there wasn't a space in the kind of garden, as we call it. Yeah. So you park on the road. So it was a Sunday morning. And one of the kids comes in to the bedroom and says, Dad, your car's crashed, right? Oh, no. <laughs> so how is my car crashed? It's parked, right? <laughs> <laughs> this car which remains my favourite this yeah. day. The guy at the top of the road had a great big 4 by 4 He mm. went to Mass, mm. forgot to put the handbrake on, and it came hurtling down the down hill, the hill and into walk. my Audi. Ah, Audi, what? gone. Oh, no. Well, that, that's an ignominious end for a wonderful car. And right outside your front door. Outside my front door. Oh. So then, there's more to come. Yeah. Right. Travelling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at expressway.ie, make sure to select Seat Only Reservation Free Travel Scheme and pay just €2 Euro per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times. Fast forward quite a bit, right? So George, who still, I think, holds the record of being the worst businessman in <laughs> history, right? And I ran this catering company and lost money. And at one point, I employed 1,500 people and yeah. couldn't make a shilling. I did know that. And you had written about that before oh, as well. Yeah, it was a story chapter. So, I mean, I... You know, I went to Dunleary Pier, Pier and took my clothes off. Like, I, it drove me to that point. I'm still not sure why I didn't do it. But anyway, so now I'm on the run from my creditors, really. And they're coming to the door and they're berating Ingrid, like, oh, your husband owes me money. So, typical of me, I disappear, abandon my wife and children. What year, what year was that, George, do you remember? Yeah, pretty good at it, 1991. Not about that. Yeah. 
So uh, I, I was, my real skill was as a rugby coach, not yeah. as a businessman. I was an international rugby coach. You, you I coached coach the World, US, World coach Cup USA. and all yeah, yeah. And a guy in the USA rings me and he's looking for somebody to head up rugby in America. And I said, I would do it, right? Yeah. So I do it from, so I'm now commuting from Fox Rock Park to Colorado Springs, the head <laughs> office of US Rugby. And I spend about, well, this gets me away from my creditors, yeah, number yeah. one. And number two, it's it's a sort of pretense that I actually have a job. Mm. But like between airfares, apartments and everything, actually, I'm not making, I have no money. You know, it's only paying my way. But I'm in America and now I am all over America, mm. everywhere, right? So, uh, I, I driving in America is not fun because, yes. do you know what the speed limit was on these huge highways? That's in some states, fifty-five miles. Correct. Per hour. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Ridiculous, isn't it? So you, but now this was national. Yeah. It was the national speed limit, and then there was an Irish fella yeah. driving down a three-lane highway at fifty-five yeah. miles an with, hour with an Irish attitude to speed limits. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And then. The officer of the law would come, you see, and he'd stop you. And then uh, it's quite frightening because he American jumped, cops, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He gets out of the car. He stops behind you. His blue light's flashing. So you pull over and he pulls behind you. And then you look in the mirror and he gets out and he adjusts his sunglasses. First <laughs> thing he does, he adjusts his sunglasses. Then he adjusts the Colt 45 on his hip. Yeah. And then he comes up to the window, and I've rolled the window down. Mm. Hello, officer, how are you? You know, and license and registration. So registration's okay. Yeah. And I hand him an Irish the paper. The piece of paper you got. <laughs> and these guys would look at this, and they would say, "You're trying to tell me." This is a driving license, <laughs> right? And then they had to make a decision. They had to decide were they going to bring me back to base, find a judge or whatever, and go spend half their day processing me, or were they going to let me go? Yeah. And they let you go. And you, and you being your nice, charming self, you, you, ch you char go. charmed your way out of it. Um, that was an amazing chapter in your life, you know, the, uh, managing the US team, because you, you brought them to the World Cup, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, well, they got to the World Cup without me, and then I took over. But, but like, the, the, the thing was that I... I, I I, I think I, I was, I think if you put a lot of other Irish guys of my generation yeah. over there, I'm talking motor guys now, yeah. they would have treated the law with the same disdain as I did. I mean, I think my generation mm. had that kind of disdain for authority, yeah. you know? Yeah. I remember somebody once saying to me, it's because we were a conquered people and that therefore we didn't want to sort of bow the knee to anybody. Yeah. Uh, and except there was one thing in America, I did come unstuck once in Houston, Texas, right? Now, the only thing I didn't know They've got school buses. Yeah. And there's everybody goes to school in the school bus, yeah. right? Which is great because the, the parents aren't driving the kids. They're mm. going on the bus. And the buses are yellow, yeah. right? Now, you cannot pass a school bus if it's stopped. Yeah. has a stop sign on the back of it. Correct. Well done. Yeah. Well done. It has a stop sign. 
right? Because the kids are might cross the road. Yeah, so yeah. obviously you can't go past that. Georgie, <laughs> Houston, Texas, zooms past the bus, right? And the next minute, flashing blue lights, uh, policeman up to the door. You passed a school bus. Um, he has hitched the guns at this stage. And this fella is... And you're looking, looking for fools pass here. Oh, yeah. You're a charming, innocent oh, Irishman. Yeah. This what? is Texas. Yeah. Used to work in Massachusetts where yeah. maybe their granddad was Irish. Yeah, yeah. In Texas, like... Forget I, about yeah, it. Forget about it. And this one guy was giving me a hard time. And he was going to impound the car. He was mm. going to take the car off me and leave me standing at the side of the road. Anyway, he decided to go to whole hog and he issued a ticket and he did all that sort of stuff. Now, the Americans have a great system. Mm. If you don't pay within 60 days, they double the fine. Yeah. And then if you don't pay within another 60 days, they double it again, okay? So it means most people pay the fine. But your man has just issued a ticket to 52 Foxhawk Park. <laughs> <laughs> okay? But the... But the city of Houston were chasing me for years. They were uh, sending letters to... To the Irish address, still. To yeah. 50 Park, like, and you owe us this amount of money, and, you know, we're going to be threatening, you know, they'd hang me high. Oh, yeah, you know, well, the Americans will come chasing you, then. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. They, they can be thunderously serious, like biblical justice sometimes in America. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing about Americans. They, 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 overall, the road safety record is quite poor. But when Americans come to Europe, um, it happens all the time, you can get a manual car cheaper than an automatic. So the, the typical American says, yeah, I can drive stick. And he can't. He just, he can't. He's never learned how to. He, he right. grinds the gears, scrunches the clutch and breaks down on the airport roundabout and has to be fetched. Regular occurrence with them. Yeah, I mean, uh, the other thing, though, having said that, which is not motor cars, I adore America and I adore Americans. Mm. I mean, they're the most trusting people in the world. They don't lock their front doors. And this, I used to be amazed, like, they don't lock their front doors or, um, like, very often. Do you worry a bit for them now, George, in modern discourse I, in America? Yeah, I do. Um, it's probably now... As more divided than at any time since the Civil War. I used to enjoy your conversations with Mikey Graham um, ah, on yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, just to hear that voice. I mean, it's we, we don't we don't often hear a, a right wing voice from America. No, well, you see, unless all, it's a swinging loom. That's right. Well, you so. see, all our radio is actually left wing, mm. as in liberal. Mm. All our radio are liberal. Like, we don't have any, uh, uh, what we would call loony, yeah. loonies. The shock jocks from the... Yeah. Uh, All American radio is right-wing. There is there is no liberal radio. So, like, you have somebody like Rush Lumbaugh or, yeah. or these guys, they're all right-wing. And one, the other thing is, when I... I was the only, I think, well, there might have been others, but the only sort of uh, uh, public figure who said uh, Trump would win the election. Mm. Uh, mm. Because the vast majority of people would would have known New York or, yeah. or Boston yeah, or Los South. Angeles or San Francisco. There's a huge part of America in the middle. Yeah. And those people in the middle 
are totally different. Mm. And they vote for, uh, they, they would vote for Trump. They would carry guns in their car. I remember when I went there first. And, but, and they certainly don't like, you can understand it, they don't like being patronized by the coastal elite. Um, correct. I mean, it really sets their hackles up. And you, and you can see why often. I also think we have a terrible cheek. Like, you know, we go on the radio or television or newspapers and sort of say, Trump and Trumpism and blah, 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 blah. Like, I mean, if American broadcasters started talking about Hall Martin mm. or Michael D. Higgins or whatever in the way we talk about their president, yeah. uh, we'd get hugely upset. And the other thing is, if Trump stands... He will win the next election. That's your that's your prediction. I I, I, yeah. I think, and he will win it comfortably because we cannot understand what it is like for no longer tens of thousands, but hundreds of thousands of people crossing the border, yeah. the southern border, just walking across, yeah. just walking across. We we. We can't understand that. Like it, the scale is so different. The scale, so the, we we can't understand that. So they are much more likely. Trump's idea of building a wall wasn't as mad to Americans as it sounded to us. Yeah, yeah. Biden, then, on the other hand, sort of says, "Come on in," yeah. and you know. And uh, the other thing is. We are socialists. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of way you dress it up. We're essentially socialists. Yeah. Well, we call it social democrat, don't we? Yeah, if we're looking for for a way to sort of because you know we we don't say socialist implying Marxist Leninist. We we, we centrist social yeah. democrat. So we call we, it. we have we have unemployment assistance yeah. if you're out of work. We have, uh, you know, well, the big one is healthcare, isn't it? Healthcare, yeah. all those things. They don't exist for Americans. And the reason they don't exist for Americans, Americans have what I call this frontier mentality. Yeah. The mentality that was formed by all these people getting in covered wagons and, mm. and going across the country. And, and self-reliance. Self-reliance. Yeah. Perfect uh, description. Kind yeah. of. And so they sort of say, look, there's no reason why you're unemployed. There's no reason. Okay, uh, you, you might have been this, that, and the other thing. Lost your job, fine. You can cut the grass or yeah. you can clean somebody's swimming pool or you can do, you can get a job. So why are you looking for assistance? Why yeah. are you looking for food stamps? That's the way they view it. Yeah. Well, it's the way a lot of America views it. And, and you know, they are out of sync with the rest of the developed world, obviously. I mean, it, 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 the... I or maybe we're out of sync. Well, I mean, I read there's half a million medical bankruptcies, medical bankruptcies in the United States every year. The same figure for the European Union is zero. So, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I would, would have some sympathy for a, a lot of what's been said about um, uh, the American right and, and uh, you know, how they do have a proper voice underneath the madness and a lot of the points being made are fair. But, you know, come on, healthcare, the US can't be the world's model. Surely the European model is better. If you take our PUP payment, mm. right? We are already as if we didn't know. We know there's been enormous fraud on the PUP system. We know that, mm. you know. Um, the, 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 like what we did, it's extraordinary. I remember the great David Mac Williams yeah. on the previous occasion saying, you know, what we ought to do, to so I think it was the 08 crisis, yeah. um, what we ought to do is get a helicopter, yeah, helicopter. Put, put money in the helicopter and throw it out of the window. Yeah. 
that's effectively what we did. As David McWilliams said subsequently, I mean, helicopter money was what he was recommending post-crash, and it is what states all over the world did in the pandemic. First thing to do is, is, is keep paying people, and then that way maybe the society can hang together and survive for the six months, 12 months, 18 but months. But Americans call that communism. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh, and when the other thing that we don't understand they made like, pandemic payments too though they, oh yes they, oh yeah but they didn't agree with it yeah, right? yeah. The, the only thing we don't understand about Americans right because all, all of us most of us who've gone to America have gone to the coastal yeah. regions east or west very few of us have gone to Madison Wisconsin yeah. or uh, you know St. Louis Missouri or uh, Lawrence Kansas or yeah. you know there, but these people who vote for Trump aren't the loonies we think they are. They're doctors, dentists, mm -hmm. lawyers, real estate agents, you know? Well, there were 70 million of them. So clearly that includes like, yeah. millions and millions and millions of decent, intelligent people. But they see now, and they now see, and they use the word that the Democratic Party is a communist party. They actually use that word. Eminently sensible people. You know, it's interesting what they're doing to language because, uh, and this isn't unique to America, but you know, you can sort of stop the argument. We might want to have an argument about healthcare, for example, um, but a, a person can say that's socialist and therefore don't have to discuss it. Or you could say in America, you know, I want to, um, I want to invest more in social, well, you're a communist and that means we don't have to discuss your proposal. Yes. And, or likewise, you could say to somebody, you know, from the left, you could say, well, you know what, you're, you're transphobic. So, you know, uh, no longer have to talk to you about anything. And I think labeling people like that just means you don't get to have a proper conversation. You, I, I think why I love talking to you, and I, I miss talking to you so much, uh, is you get to the nub of things very quickly. But never, I think, in the history of the English language, and I adore language, yeah. have there been words that stop the conversation. Like, yeah. So if you say something and somebody says you're a racist or yeah. you're, 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 you're homophobic or, or, or you're a communist or anyone, yeah. there are now words that stop yeah. the conversation. Yeah. That never happened before. Yeah. I know. And not only do they stop the conversation, they sort of, you know, declare a war. So, so, so now if the conversations continue, it would have to be you demonstrating that you're not homophobic or or are or, or you agreeing that uh, a certain group of society treated really badly um, and, and you know we all have to sort of declare loyalty to this kind of new ethos or or, or, or the conversation can't continue I mean, yeah I, I, yeah I think uh, there are things that I'm I'm going to regret about dying uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, because I'm gonna I'm not going to see things the thing I'm going to miss most of all all I think when I die is seeing my youngest grandchildren, the ones yeah. that I won't see them reach leaving certificate, you know, that kind of stuff. But the other thing is I, I'm going to miss some tremendous historical assessments, mm. right? Now, Eamon Ryan will say that the invention of the, the, the motor car was the greatest thing, the worst thing that ever happened for the world, all right? I think history will say that the worst invention in the history of the world was the mobile telephone. Yeah. And I think when the history of that is written and we have, we have adults who are now children mm. who can no longer speak 
They, do you they, they, can, they can no longer speak, uh, nor can they safely pick what they're allowed to speak about. I mean, I think what you're saying, if, if you consider the dirty exhaust coming out of the end of cars, right, has polluted the atmosphere. Over a hundred year view, you could say it was a huge mistake for humanity. Um, but your point would be that when you look at what mobile phones have done and the way that they can connect people and give rise to the internet, and then you get these little echo chambers of hate, and then you get kids bullying each other and language being changed. And you think that in the long term, when we look back, that will have poisoned the human atmosphere in the, in the same way that greenhouse gases have damaged well, the world. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a great movie buff, and, and there's a great movie called, with Charlton Heston called The Planet of the Apes, yeah. and so it's a science fiction movie. But, but the nub of it is that the humans have lost the ability to speak, so mm. they are now just hewers of wood and drawers of water, and the apes who can speak are running the world, yeah. right? And and the point about it is is what makes us different from everybody else who inhabits this planet is we humans speak. Mm. So speech is the most powerful thing we have, right? Now I look at my grandchildren mm. and I can see nine grandchildren in a room because we all assembled for midterm, right? And I see okay. nine grandchildren in a room all looking at telephones and all doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. On telephones, yeah. right? Now, the the whole idea of, of language and discourse and discussion and all that, like families used to sit around the dinner yeah. table and used to And talk. argue, yeah, argue politics, whatever. They yeah. don't do that because the kids are all on the phone. Now, what's going to happen is it is conceivable that suddenly the human race can't speak anymore. Now, I don't mean, but but in effect, yeah. they can only speak through this machine yeah. because because the computer now is, this, this telephone is going to become so powerful mm. that the thing in the palm of their hand is going to be doing everything. And, and I fear for that. Yeah. I, but you know, it's it's inspiring talking to you, George. I, I, I mean, I really do love it. I, I miss you off the radio. Uh, one of my favorite conversationalists. I would talk to one of your researchers in advance. George wants to talk about uh, Petra prices and I would give the researcher chapter and verse on the recent thing on petrol prices then I'd start a conversation with you we talk about something else entirely because uh, you know something the conversation would bubble something in your head and we had a different I used to really enjoy that on the radio well that. it's kind of you to say that but I I, I, I adore language yeah. you know I came from a very poor background in Cork uh, but I was educated by the Cork City Library really although mm. I adore press Cork and how important they were like my father took me to the library every week and I got a book and he yeah. got a book and he never read for a man, you know, uneducated in that sense, he never read a book of fiction in his life. So he'd get a non-fiction book. My mother used to go, he knew what she read, which was yeah. fiction. He'd get her a book, he'd get him a book and I'd come out of the children's department with a book and then we would read. Yeah. And they gave me the love of language and literature and all that. Yeah. And I if you think I talk you should have heard my mother. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have got a word in age race with my mother. I, I believe it. I believe it. And not just and not just the cork in you. And um, George, you're an absolute gentleman. I, I I'd love to chat and we may we may chat again because you've touched off loads of things there that interest me a lot. But I'm delighted that you are in such vigorous good health and that you're doing your your mental exercises and you're driving up and down to Cork. I, I said to you at the start, you look as fit as a fiddle. So I, I hope you, you I hope you feel as well as you look. And uh, listen, I, I hope we'll chat again soon.
Well, you're in no better place than seniortimes.ie where you can find Conor Faulkner talking to the great and good. Thanks, thanks a million, George, your grace. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. This has been Driving Life with Conor Faulkner. If you did enjoy it, then maybe you'll check in with us next time. Until then, drive safely, live happily, and come back and see us again. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.